Hey, forget about asking for a raise. Do this and double your income. Hey, we're going to jump right into this week's edition of 48 Days Radio. I'm super jazzed about the questions we've got about starting podcast number 801. But I want you to pay attention to the song, the opening song that you hear week after week here, because I got a story to go along with that in just a minute. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, as I promised, I got a story about taking care of business that's... uh Really, really interesting. Just a kind of behind-the-scenes story I want to share with you. But here's some questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, I've been struggling with indecisiveness, which has caused me personal delay in life. How do you deal with procrastination? All right, we'll look at that. Here's another one. Several years ago, you mentioned a book where the author had a music degree but was looking for ways to make money using his passion for music. Uh, I'll answer that. If you're a musician, stay tuned. Grab a piece of paper and a pen. You're going to want to jot some things down. Incidentally, I've got a lot of quotations today. You all respond really, really well to quotations. They impart so much wisdom. I've always used quotations in my books liberally because they do add so much. Just those snippets of wisdom from during all, all during history. I love adding those. So I got a bunch of them today. Again, you might want to jot some of these down as we go through. Somebody says, uh, I don't have the $18 for the 48 lower no cost businesses that you're offering. Okay. We're going to spend a little time on that one as well. Our quotation for today comes from Victor Kayyem, who said, procrastination is opportunity's natural assassin. All right, you got that? Procrastination is opportunity's natural assassin. Another one goes along with that. You know, Indecision is the greatest thief of opportunity. So we're going to unpack some of those things that, that go together. Our resource for today, brand new. We've never offered it like this before, but it is the 48 low or no cost business ideas. Now, this is tied into one of the questions today, but we're going to just give that to you free. I mean, it is an $18 resource. We sell lots of them. But if you go to 48days.com slash biz ideas, B-I-Z, I-D-E-A-S, you can get it for free. That's going, to come, <laughs> that's going to come with a warning as you hear me talk about this a little bit here, but you can absolutely get it free, no problem. Also want to remind you, we got our brand new goals worksheet out there, getting response from lots of people on that. Uh, if you go to 48days.com slash goals, you can get the 2022 worksheet planner to start getting your goals in place. As you know, my encouragement is that you have those in place by November 14th. So that's coming right up depending on when you're listening to this. But that's when I encourage you that being 48 days in advance of starting the new year. Great time to have that all in place. So you decide now what you want next year to look like. Some of the notes we're getting back, this one started off, came back to Sheila Davis, who you all know in our community, one of my assistants, and the note says, my dear Miss Davis, thank you so very much for your help. She helped this gentleman download that 
new guide. It is a PDF, but it's a fillable PDF. So it's a PDF, but you can write your answers in there and all the spaces provided. I mean, this cool technology, I mean, you can't go in and change what I wrote in terms of how you set your goals and what you ought to be looking at, but you can write your answers in. So it's really cool. She helped this gentleman do that. I do want to read you just a little part of, of his note here, just a really sweet note from, from Rick, who said, I've downloaded and saved the PDF to my laptop, and I'm planning on using it to help me plan for the coming year. While I'm not in a great place financially at the moment, I still want to use the experience, wisdom, and expertise that I have accumulated over my 86 years to pay it forward. I want to help as many folks as possible to avoid some of the mistakes that I've made over my journey, as well as some of the mistakes that I've observed and helped others with. It goes on and on with how he's using this. Now, how cool is that? He's 86 years old, not in a great place financially, but he's taking action on some things to change that. And as well, wanting to fulfill his desire to help other people. Well, I hope you're doing the same with what it is you're doing in planning out what you want this next year to be. All right, now this is a piece that I want to share with you about taking care of businesses. That's pretty cool. Randy Bachman, who is from Bachman Turner Overdrive, they're the ones who wrote Taking Care of Business. Now, Taking Care of Business came out in 1974. Randy was born in 1943. So he, back in, back in 1976, he discovered that his favorite guitar had been stolen from his Toronto hotel room. Now, usually he would actually tie it up. He had a 12 foot chain that he would carry with him. They would actually tie it up no matter what, but it was in his hotel room and somehow it was stolen. Now this is a pretty famous guitar. What was special to him, he paid $400 for it. So it wasn't a lot of money, but he paid that when he was just a young kid. It was a 1957 Chet Atkins model. It was in Western Orange, and it was really, really special to him. That's the guitar he used to write Taking Care of Business. And you can go back and watch old videos, and, and you can see that classic orange Chet Atkins guitar. Well, that was stolen in 1976. He said He said he cried and cried all night. When that was stolen, because not only was it a guitar that produced great music, but it was it was so special to him because he he saved up. He said he, he had a paper route where he made like two bucks a week. Then he you know mow a lawn for a dollar. Um, when he work at a car wash, get fifty cents an hour. That was how he worked and worked and worked to get the four hundred dollars to buy that guitar. Well, then it got stolen. So here we are. I mean, my goodness, 45 years later, whatever we are here, a long time later, they've found the guitar. Now, here's how it was done. It was pretty sophisticated, and I don't understand all the, all the details behind it, but there's a guy who heard this story who saw Randy Bachman talking about this incident where his favorite guitar was stolen years and years ago, and this guy likes to solve puzzles. So he started comparing high-resolution images of the stolen guitar with listings of the same model around the world. You know, so the guitars pass through hands often. He said he probably went through 300 images of that same kind of guitar. So he got pretty good at it. He could see them know right away that that wasn't it. He tracked down this guitar at a Tokyo vintage music store. 
But then in looking through their website, found that it had been sold. So it had been listed there, but then it had been sold. Well, he did some more sleuthing and finally tracked down a Japanese guitarist who was playing that guitar. Well, they've made a connection. They're going to have a reunion. What they're doing, the guitarist who has it, obviously, you know, was mortified. He said, my goodness, I, I didn't steal it. Well, as it turns out, he was born the year that the guitar was stolen. So obviously, he wasn't the thief, but it's gone through many hands. Who knows how many? But he has it now. He certainly wants to return it. And he asked if Randy Bachman would replace it with one that was like it. Obviously, not that one, but one that was like it. So that's what they're doing. Randy has purchased one. He's going to go over to Japan. They're going to do a jam session together. And now he's even talking about turning that story into a mini documentary. Yeah, just a cool story that involves a whole lot of things. It involves, of course, an unfortunate incident, but also the the tenderness of purchasing something like that through hard work and then having it stolen, the, the grief of that. But then through technology, being able to be reunited with it in another part of the world, I just love the story, but there's the story behind the guitar that was used to play the song that we play every week right here when we start out. It's that one right there. You know it well, taking care of business. That's the song. Well, just a little bit of backstory about that. All right, let's jump into some questions here. Given says, hello, Dan, thank you. Uh, I've been struggling with indecisiveness, which has caused me personal delay in life. Can I ask how you deal with procrastination? And the other question is, how do you know you're ready for anything in life? Well, those are pretty deep questions. You know, a few years ago, I wrote, wrote a piece and I titled it, Just Give Me a Little More Time. And it comes from this. In the first few moments of the movie Collateral, the taxi driver played by Jamie Foxx tells Tom Cruise's character, I'm not in this for the long haul. So again, Jamie was the taxi driver, Tom Cruise was in the back seat. I remember the scene and the taxi driver says, I'm not in this for the long haul. This is just filling in. I'm putting some things together. I'm going to open my own limo service. And then Tom Cruise asked him, how long have you been doing this? To which the taxi driver replies, 12 years. Now that's, that's a classic example, example of how life happens. I mean, I once saw a young guy who had taken a temporary job at a bank. Now, he knew that wasn't what he wanted to do, but uh, the manager of the bank was a family friend, offered to give him something just to fill in for a couple of months while he did his real job search. That was 14 years prior. 14 years. Life just happened. He got used to where he was. Didn't take enough initiative to move on to a higher level of success. I mean, that happens a lot. That's what happens when we procrastinate. Life just passes us by. So given you're asking how I deal with it, I have a very clear step-by-step process for change and for taking action. Number one, clarify, and this is laid out in 48 Days to the Work You Love. It's a process that Joanne and I have used for many, many years about how when we approach something we need to make a decision on or we want to initiate change, this is the process. Number one, clarify your current situation. So in the situation with the taxi driver, I've been in the same job for 12 years, no change in sight. I detest the monotony of my job, uh, the lack of income, you know, that it's given me. I mean, those are the things. Clarify your current situation. Number two, seek the advice and opinion of other people. 
So you might want to ask four or five trusted friends or professionals what they would do if you're in, they were in your situation. I mean, I often ask the opinion of the, the members of my mastermind. I'm the first ones that I go to and ask what they would advise. Number three, identify the alternatives. Okay, you know, you could go back to school, get another degree. You could create a clear focus, do a job search with a company that has some advancement potential. Um, from the movie scene, you could start your own chauffeur in service. You could uh, request a manager's position with your current company and lots of things. So we've got, again, clarify your current situation, seek the advice and opinion of other people, identify the alternatives. Number four, then choose the best alternative. So then once you've listed those four or five possibilities, choose the best one, knowing what you know about yourself, what you want your life to look like three years from now, choose the best one. All right. So I'm going to start my own limo service, chauffeur in service. Number five, act, take action. Say, I will create a business plan in the next 30 days. I'll give my two weeks notice 15 days after that. I'll purchase, I'll put together a plan to purchase my own vehicle by that time. I'll be open for business 60 days from now. So whether it's choosing a new school, a new place to live, a new car, retirement center for a parent, you have to keep a clear deadline in view. Otherwise, procrastination will lead to indecision. There's a quotation I've got about perfectionism where I, I say, I tell people this, perfectionism is not so much a desire for excellence as it is the fear of inadequacy showing up as procrastination. Procrastination masks a lot of fear, lack of confidence, fears of inadequacy. Just recognize it for what it is, and you can work your way out of that. So don't wait on perfect conditions for success to happen. Just go ahead and do something. Got a note from John. John, thank you. I'll put a note actually on LinkedIn. He says, No More Dreaded Mondays was a game-changing book for me. I quit my job in 2013, and that book was the primary factor. Well, thanks for that, John. Uh, No More Dreaded Mondays is the one I wrote after the original version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, because at the very end of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I said, you know, some of you are probably saying, yeah, you're not sure you want another J-O-B. You're tired of being you know, jerked around. You've lost your job three times in the last two years because a company changes, no fault of your own, but it just happens. And you're saying, ah, I want to do something where I'm more in the driver's seat. Well, that's why I wrote No More Dreaded Mondays. That is how to take an idea and turn it into to something else. Well, Mike says, good morning. Several years ago, Dan mentioned a book where the author had a music degree, but was looking for ways to make money using his passion for music. Do you happen to know the name of that book? Now we get a lot of those kind of questions in, you know, gee, Dan mentioned something, you know, 15 years ago, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have no clue. I mean, I mentioned things just off the top of my head, things that I've read in the last, you know, the last week or, or listening to a podcast this morning when I was out walking, find their way into the podcast but I don't keep track of everything that I say. I don't have any way to kind of uh, unpack that. I suppose there's ways to do that. And we try to provide a lot of notes and a lot of easy resources. And I do keep documents about, you know, what my theme was, what the questions I responded to were and what the resource that I offered was all those kind of things. I do have that. But uh, when it comes to specific things like this, Dan mentioned a book, years ago, where the author had a music degree, but was looking for ways to make money using his passion for music. 
Do you happen to know the name of that book? You know what I just thought of? I, when, I, when I read that, I, thought, I have no clue. But now I wonder if it wasn't James Devine. Now, I'm, I'm wondering, James is a very active member in our Eagles community. He's a musician, music teacher in a school. He wrote a piece, a, a document, 40 Ways to Make Money as a Musician. And I'm, I'm just thinking, I'll bet that is who this guy was talking about. Several years ago, Dan mentioned a book where the author had a music degree but was looking for ways to make money. He was, yeah, I'll bet it was James Devine. You know what? I've got that. I've got that document, 40 Ways to Make Money as a Musician. Um, I have no idea how to share a link with you. But what I'll do is I'll put it in, I'll put it in show notes. I'll put it in the show notes, just a link to that document, 40 ways to make money as a musician. If you're a musician, boom, help yourself. We want you to have that. All right. Hey, we got just a couple more to go here. Got one. I kind of want to spend a little time on an unpack here, but uh, before we do that, just a reminder that these are real life questions just coming from people like you and me out there who are working through ways to improve our lives, to increase our income, increase our time freedom. Those are the typical kind of questions. If you got questions regarding your situation or success story you want to share, be happy to share those as well. Just shoot those into askdan at 48days.com. Again, that's askdan at 48days.com. That's a, a unique, dedicated email address. Again, I keep talking about I may want to change that. And I may do that rolling into a new year just simply to clean it up so you, the podcast listeners, have that where I don't have to wade through 150 promotional things about other people wanting to be on a podcast, wanting to promote their book or product. Um, the, I have to search to find the questions because they're so Many people that are using that email address at this point just for routine promotions, authors, publishers, public relations agencies, and so on. Anyway, just thinking about it, but you can still active. Ask Dan at 48days.com. I promise I'll find it if you put it in there. Now, this comes from Kelly, and this one I do want to park on a little bit. It may just be where we end. Says, Mr. Miller, I don't have the $18 for the 48 lower no cost businesses you're offering. I need a side hustle. And once I figure out what it is, I need to know how to keep track of whatever I need for tax purposes. Okay. Multiple things in here. Now, here's what prompted me, Kelly, to put together a free download. I want to give this to you. The, the, you say you don't have the $18. That's why we created the link. If you just go to 48days.com slash biz ideas, B-I-Z-I-D-I-D-E-A-S, biz ideas, you can get it for absolutely free. You can download it. It's a beautiful document. I'm looking at it as I'm standing here and love what the what we have in there and love the stories we hear about people who get that. But I have a little bit of a a pullback on this because... It concerns me that you don't have $18 for something that you think could change your life. You know, in our community, in the 48 Days community, we talk a lot about right mindset, right idea, right network. They have to come in those in that order. If you have the right idea without the right mindset, 
it's not going to change your life at all. It's not going to do anything. There's tons of ideas out there. Ideas are a dime a dozen. It's having the mindset that can change your life. And I want to challenge you on a mindset that says I don't have $18 for a book, even though I know it may have an idea that could dramatically change my future. That's going to be a roadblock for you. You're going to have to get past that mindset. And, and here, frankly, is my concern. You can have the book for free. But I want to know where you are a year from now. I want to know what you've done. Because I suspect that there's a mindset that puts you in a victim position that blocks you from a lot of opportunities. And whenever we take a victim mentality position, gee, I'm poor. I'm broke. I'm not healthy. The company's not paying me enough. The government's not taking care of me. As soon as you you give your power away, you give away the ability you have to change your life. Now, here's some things. I want to remind you, and those of you who are regular listeners have heard me talk about this, how strongly I believe in the power of investing in yourself. That rule that will guarantee your success and possibly make you rich. Invest 3% of your income back into yourself. Invest in yourself, even when you're unsure of the outcome. When I hear someone say, gee, I don't have enough money for that. How do I know if this is going to work for me? I know they're already doomed. Those are not the words of somebody who has a mindset that they're going to be moving ahead. Now, the most successful people invest in learning because They know the process of learning is valuable. Successful people see learning as a continual journey, not just something they reach. Now, some people say, sure, you know, if I had $50,000 a year that I was making, I'd spend some money on self-improvement. You don't wait. I mean, thinking that you're going to wait until you get money to start spending money on your own self-improvement is a delusion. I mean, I read those books and I went to seminars and I got audio cassette programs when I had nothing because I believed in the process. I mean, the very best people, people who are achieving extraordinary things, invest in themselves and did it when they didn't have any resources. And they continue to do it when they have a lot of resources. I mean, that is part of an abundance mentality. You know, Tony Robbins tells a story about when he was a 17-year-old janitor. He was making $40 a week. And he knew this family friend who was doing really, really well. And he asked the guy, you know, what kind of opened the door for you to be so successful? The guy said, well, I went to this Jim Rohn seminar, and he really just blew my mind. I started doing the things he talked about, and here I am today, you know, doing extremely well. And Tony says, well, Gee, I'd like to go to that seminar. The guy says, well, I think you ought to. And Tony was, can you arrange for me to go? The guy says, yeah, I could, but I'm not going to. He's like, what are you talking about? It costs $35 to go to that seminar. Tony Robbins was making $40 a week. His friend could have easily paid the $35, but he didn't. He said, no, if you really want to take advantage of the material, you need to pay to go. Well, Tony did, and we can kind of see where that went. The guy's a bazillionaire at this point. 
and he attributes it to going to that to going to that seminar. You know, I recently joined a community. I won't tell you which one it is, or you know exactly who I'm talking about. But anyway, the the organizer of this community, it's a, a group of people that I wanted to be involved in. And he said, Dan, I'd really like to have you in there. He said, I'd be happy just to comp you, comp you in. I said, well, no, no. What are the details? He said, well, it's $200 a month or people pay you know, $2,000 for an annual membership. I said, where do I sign up? He says, well, I'd be happy to have you in there. I said, no, I don't want to do that. If you've created something of value, you deserve to be compensated for it. If I am going to treat it like something of value, I need to pay for it. So I jumped on a link and paid for an annual membership. Thrilled to be in there. That's it. That's the mentality that you need to have if you're going to get ahead. Warren Buffett was asked, and this is talked about in Tim Ferriss's book, Tribe of Mentors, but he was asked, what's the best investment you ever made? And people would, would think, well, he's going to come up with, you know, gee, the, the first 30-unit apartment complex he bought. Or he says the best investment he ever made was taking the Dale Carnegie course because it helped him present his ideas well, helped him communicate well, taking the Dale Carnegie course. Now, you know my story. When I was 13 years old, I bought a copy of The Strangest Secret, that little vinyl record, little tiny thing with a tiny hole in the middle. It was a 33 and a third RPM. Most of you aren't even familiar with what that was, but it was back a few years ago. And I paid $15 for that. I asked Vic Conant a couple of years ago what that actually sold for when it was brand new. He said, yeah, it was $15. Now, I was making, you know, I was selling sweet corn at the side of the road for 30 cents a dozen. You know, my dad would hire me out, you know, for a day where I'd get to keep a dollar. I mean, those kind of things. And I spent $15 on that strangest secret. And I go right through the process. I actually have a, a new program I'm putting together where I go right through the process, the power of this and what, how that has turned into literally millions of dollars. And I attribute it to the mindset that that helped me identify as a 13-year-old kid. So let's go back to this this idea a little bit of investing in yourself. If you're making $15 an hour, none of you listening are making less than that. I mean, pretty much that's required anywhere. It doesn't matter what the minimum wage is. Anybody's going to be making that these days to get to come out of, darken your door in the morning and walk out. Well, at $15 an hour, that's $2,600 a month or about $32,000 a year annually. 3% of that monthly income is $78 a month. $78 if you're making $15 a month. And I recommend that you invest that in your own personal development. I believe in this principle every bit as strongly as I do the principle of the tithe. If you believe in tithing, you believe that if you give 10% to worthy organizations, that uh, God is going to help magnify the remaining 90 to be more than you had originally. Well, I believe in this principle the same. I believe in it so strongly. I don't want to break the cycle. That's why I look for opportunities to invest that 3% or 5% at this point, which is what I recommend of my income back into learning. I look for opportunities for that. So I, because I know it changes my mentality about the resource that I get if I pay for it. Now, certainly if you move on up, well, let's say this, so at 
an hour, you have $78 a month, 3% of that, that you're investing in yourself. So my question is, you know, if you don't have $18 to invest in a resource, what are you, what are you investing in? If it's zero, I am very, very confident your life isn't going to change this next year or the year after that. If you're investing zero in your own personal development, it's just a principle. You, you can, you know, you can buy a book, you can buy, see you at the top, how to win friends and influence people. The books that I recommend here, you know, you can jump on and uh, take a $12 course. There are courses you can take, you know, for 12 bucks online that can dramatically increase your ability and talent in a particular area. And I don't recommend that you just go to the library and get your books. I recommend you buy them because it changes your mindset. If you're just reading a book and you know you got to return it to the library in a week, that's one thing. But if you're reading a book and you think, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You underline it, you highlight it, you put a post-it note there like I do so you can put it on your shelf and come back to it next month and two years from now. That's a different consumption of that content than just borrowing it from the library. Well, as you move up, I mean, certainly if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, I mean, that means that at 5%, you ought to have $5,000 annually to invest. You could meet with a nutritional coach. You could take art classes. You could plan a weekend getaway with your spouse to review your annual goals. You could do all kinds of things. If you recognize that as a real item in your budget. Now, there's one thing here I want, I want to throw in, and I know this is a, a little dicey, but there's a phenomenon called the Matthew effect. I saw this referenced again recently in a book called Unreasonable Success that my mastermind and I were going through. We've been spending the entire year going through a chapter at a time in there. And this gentleman, the particular author, mentioned what he calls the Matthew effect. And it comes from right out of the Bible, Matthew 13, 12 where it says this, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Ouch. I mean, it sounds like a redistribution. I mean, it sounds like Robin Hood, you know, take from, well, it's a reverse, a reverse Robin Hood. Here, it's not take from the rich and give to the poor. Here, it's, it sounds like take from the poor and give to the rich. I mean, how could that possibly be, be true? This was Jesus talking. Whoever has will be given more. They will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what little they have will be taken from them. That's tough. But now let's let's kind of just uh, unpack that a little bit, and then you have to make the application yourself. There's another part. where We know the story of the talents, the 10 talents. One guy was given 10, one five, one one. The guy who had 10 multiplied it. When the master came back, he was complimented. Wow, that you're going to get even more. And the one who had five had also, you know, doubled that. They said, hey, good job. Way to go. The one who had one said, gee, I was afraid you were going to criticize me if I did something wrong. I just hit it, you know, just kept it. Here it is back. And the master was really angry. He had a harsh reprimand and said, no, I'm going to take what you've got and give it to the guy who has 10. Now, if that sounds unfair, you have to realize the message behind this. It's not just a mathematical problem that we've got here. Not at all. It has to do with stewardship. It has to do with what are you doing with 
the abilities you've been given? What have you been doing with the mind that you've been given? What are you doing to make the world a better place, to do the things that we're all, we're all called to do? When we're entrusted with something, then there's accountability for how we're using those. If we just cower in fear and don't do anything, get trapped in procrastination and indecision, we're going to be accountable for that. And I'm very, very, take very seriously the idea of stewardship. And this applies to our health, our money, our knowledge, gifts, talents, anything that we have. So again, it comes down to whoever does not have even that what they have will be taken from them. My goodness. I mean, we see how this uh, bears out a lot of times. I mean, who is it that suffers from debt? It's poor people. I mean, I see people, you know, who go down to the tote the note car dealership. They sign their name to a payment they can barely afford. And because of the conditions under which they purchase that, they're going to pay double what the car is actually worth because of all the interest. I mean, that's, it breaks my heart. But they're already poor and they're getting poor because of those decisions that seem to just compound that. Whereas if you have money and get to the position where you can pay cash for a car, he had a note just, just yesterday from a guy, I actually called me. And he just purchased a car, $13,000 for his wife. And he said, I'm able to do that because of this side business I've got going on. He says, we couldn't have done that a couple of years ago, but he's got a really cool FBA fulfilled by Amazon business going out on the side. And it was no problem at all to write the check for that car. If we get in the game, invest in ourselves, learn how to improve our situation, then you can move out of that. So Kelly, Again, I, I gotta. I want to just leave you with this, being from John Maxwell. John Maxwell says, if you say you don't have the resources to invest in yourself, you have a scarcity problem. You don't have an income problem. You have a thinking problem. I don't believe enough in myself to invest in me. All right. Now, let me, let me just go through. Just this week, I talked to a gentleman, um, really great guy. Dear friend, 43 years old, and he said, you know what? I've had a big mind shift, mindset shift this week. He said, I just realized I've never actually tried to make money. I'm pretty excited about this new direction. Now, he's been a very responsible provider for his kids. They do a lot of fun things together, but it was always just making a living. He said, I never really tried to make money. And now that I see the possibilities and see the stewardship responsibility to do so, he's really excited about what he's going to do. Now, it doesn't matter. I mean, we've got, my goodness, I mean, the, the ideas that we've got in the 48 lower no-cost business ideas. I mean, I talk about in there, my dad, when he was retired as a farmer, he would drive the Amish places that they wanted to go. They don't have cars, but they need transportation to go to the doctor, you know, go to weddings, funerals or whatever. He would do that. And at the time, and this was years ago, he was getting a dollar fifty a mile to do that. So he purchased a van to be able to do that. And he would often drive five or six hundred miles a day in doing that. Well you can do the math on that at a buck fifty a mile. He enjoyed the company. He was raised Amish himself, so he spoke Pennsylvania Dutch. He loved the camaraderie with those people, and he was making really decent money. 
years after he retired from farming. There's a, if you've got art skills, I talk in here about being a caricature artist. Uh, Tracy Lantham is a, a guy who does that. He shows up, he charges $100 an hour with a four-hour minimum to show up in advance. So if it's a birthday party or whatever, or a corporate event, you can have him show up, boom. And I talk about that we had a, a tree that died, a tree that did not come back in the spring of the year several years ago on our property in Franklin. And trying to find creative solutions to most everything in life, I didn't want to just cut it down and then deal with the ugly stump. And so I reached out to a gal who was a wood carver. She came out. She had never done a standing tree before, and she was a little concerned about that. I said, well, hey, what's the worst that could happen? If you screw it up, I'll just cut it down then and get rid of it. Well, she released this amazingly beautiful eagle. had about a six-foot wingspan. It was a cedar tree, so beautiful red and yellow colors there. You know, one of those things where it was there all along as a, as a standing tree. It was not very attractive at all. But she released this beautiful, beautiful eagle that stands there in that property at this point. It's about 16 feet tall and just a, a visual impression, artistic piece that just inspires everybody when they come down the lane there. But, I mean, she did that. I mean, I paid her $1,000 to do that. It took her a couple of days. But she didn't have much involved in the way of tools or anything. So it was pretty much just profit, not something that everybody could do. But if you have unique skills, that's what we're looking for. I've worked my way through graduate school, always flipping cars, being something that I understand. And then what I would encourage you to do as you look for ideas is look for things that you already know about, that you enjoy, that you understand. Don't try to do something you've never heard of before. Just follow your curiosity. Just like we talk about how you come up with something, a way to change the world, you start with following your curiosity and create a plan there. So you can do that. And you have kettle corn at the, at the street fairs that are coming up. Piano tuning, I talk about that in there, how to be a piano tuner. It's something that very few people pursue. It doesn't take a whole lot to get up to speed. We've got a young guy, his name is Josh, who actually did that. He let me know that he went and got trained as a piano tuner. Man, he can go out and make 125 bucks, you know, tuning a piano anytime he wants to. There's thousands of pianos around and not very many piano tuners at this point. People window washing and talk about a lady who was uh, all of a sudden uh, found that she was going to be a single mom. And uh, I had her go get a bucket and a squeegee at Walmart and she could make effectively 40 or $50 an hour washing windows. Just had one of her kids with her. Anyway, go through lots and lots of ideas, graffiti removal, and we, we lived one time where just down the road from us is a country road and you would go through a one lane bridge under a railroad track. Well, so you had these big concrete sides where you would go through. Well, kids would write graffiti and obscene things on there. I just made it my job to take care of that. They could spend six hours in the middle of the night putting something fancy on there that was really not appropriate. I'd come by with my can of white paint in the morning and it'd take me five minutes to undo the whole thing. I did that over and over. I used to buy white paint by the cases and just have it in my vehicles because it was easy for me just to stop. I just made it my responsibility to keep that clean for the neighborhood. But if you did that for companies that are in town that have big blank walls where there often is graffiti put there, you know, you can get, you can make that a business where you charge them $200 a month to keep the wall clean, you know, whatever, work that out. 
So I got lots and lots and lots of ideas in there and a lot of things, a lot of things that I've actually done, but certainly a lot of things that are easy for you to pick up and do. So I want to encourage you if you're looking for an idea, absolutely. I mean, there are things you can do. I read about somebody recently who was paid to be a professional sleeper. This guy was making up to $1,200 a month just in his off hours to test different beds and varied room conditions and then write up reviews of the mattresses. I mean, how would you like to do that? Be a professional sleeper. Wow. I mean, you can um, deliver groceries. Of course, you can drive for lots of different things, Uber, Lyft, Amazon at this point. I mean, there are things where you can tutor kids how to speak English. You don't have to be a professional teacher. You just teach kids how to speak English and make 25, 30 bucks an hour, you know, doing that. I mean, there's plenty and plenty of sites. We've got a lot of other links in the 48 low and no cost business ideas that you can go to as well. Now, just another issue here I want to touch on is because I hear from so many of you who are frustrated with what you are making hourly. I mean, this has really gotten to be a, a hot potato in the last couple of years here, especially. And now we hear about the great resignation. People are walking away from jobs because they're saying, I'm not going to put up with that anymore. You know, I want more money. And companies that were previously paying a little money, you know, are now paying a whole lot more uh, just to try to keep up. Well, the bottom line is hourly pay is not going to make you wealthy. I mean, this, this comes up again and again and again. People are saying, you know, I'm making $40,000 a year working for the state. How can I significantly increase my income? Well, it just, it comes down to this. Wealth is never made by the hour. You talk to somebody who's, who's wealthy, ask them how much they make an hour. They're like, huh? I mean, it doesn't even compute with them because they don't think like that. I mean, wealth is made by ideas and a plan of action. So if you're making $15 an hour, you're making $31,000 a year. I mean, if you get a cost of living increase of 3 to 4%, that's not going to even keep up with the way things are happening. Inflation is rampant right now. A 3% increase, a 4% increase isn't going isn't to allow you to even stay where you are now in terms of buying power. So if you do a really great job and you ask for 10% raise each year, I mean, that would be major to get a 10% raise. But if you did that, yeah, in eight years, you'll double your income to $62,000. But that's eight years from now. And doubling your pay in an hourly position is probably not going to happen unless you bring some really new skills to the table. So a better question to ask is, how can you make $2,600 a month extra starting right now to make that doubling of your income be a reality this next year? You know, I'd love to, to see you playing this, okay, in 2022. So I've got my job. I make 15 bucks an hour, but I'm going to make just as much money. And I'm getting stories from people. I mentioned this not, not too long ago. Marianne Renner said that she is going to, her goal is to make as much in her side business as she does in her real job. And she's paid extremely well as an executive coach in the company that she works for. But her goal is to make just as much outside of that as she does in her job. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a cool thing to happen. So how can you make another $2,600, even if you're just starting out here right now? Well, if you mow 10 yards a week at $60 each, I mean, you might um, spend $1,300 on old silver at a garage Garage sale, clean it up, 
know the market and you double your investment selling it on eBay. I mean, a lot of people are doing that. When I mentioned fulfilled by Amazon, you know, this guy who called me that said he paid cash for a car, he and his wife are doing about, they're doing about $80,000 a month in gross sales with just grocery items primarily that they're selling on Amazon. Now that doesn't, obviously they're not netting 80,000, but they're netting a whole lot of money, a lot more than he's making in his real job because of how he understands that program. And people do order online, very common items that he can buy locally. You might, well, I, uh, as I mentioned, you know, if you clean up graffiti in your area, if you got 10 contracts for $260 a month, there's your $2,600. And it's something that may take you, you know, five minutes a day. There's so many things that you can do. Here's a, a fun story I contacted um, Jeff McManus this morning. Jeff is in my mastermind. Jeff is in charge of the landscaping at Ole Miss University, which is a really big deal for a college because that curb appeal, what people see when they first drive on a campus is a big factor in determining, you know, where their kid's going to go to college. So Ole Miss, you know, the I mean, a big, big major school, he's in charge of every bush, tree, flower, plant on that property. And wins awards year after year in doing that. But he mentioned something at one of our get togethers last year. And so I, I called him this morning and I said, man, I want the details on that. So here's the deal. He was 19 years old. He was working at Kmart. He was making $3 and 35 cents an hour. Now this was in 1983. That was minimum wage, $3 and 35 cents an hour. That's what he was making. 19 years old working at at, at Kmart. Well, he and his dad started talking about the possibilities of him doing something else. Dad helped him out a little bit. They purchased a used commercial washer, power washer from Sherwin Williams. So it was used, wasn't new, but they purchased it. He started doing power washing, like sidewalks in front of businesses. Well, one of the businesses that he recognized really could use that was Kmart, his former employer, where he was making three thirty-five an hour. He went in and talked to the manager who he knew anyway, and the guy says, absolutely, we need that done. And he says, you know, what do you charge me, Jeff, to do that? And Jeff says, $120. The guy said, great, do it. It took Jeff two hours to do it. So that's $60 an hour. $60 an hour. He was making three thirty-five. What is that? 18 times his previous income because he just took a different approach to doing the same work instead of just being paid by them $3.35 to clean the front sidewalk. No, he came back as his own guy and got paid $60 an hour to do that. Now, he used that pressure washer, I asked him, he used that pressure washer from 1983 to 2018. It's 35 years they paid $1,000 for it originally with his dad helping him, but he paid his dad back. If you're making $60 an hour, that means it takes it's going to take him 16 hours to pay for the washer. So two full days, he pays for the washer. From then on, it's just all profit. And if he amortized it out over the 35 years he's had that washer, cost him, what, $28.50 a year to have it. Well, love those kind of stories. Love those kind of stories. You know, so many of the things we're talking about here don't require another degree. They don't require waiting. 
But making an idea work for you does require a break from just a paycheck mentality. But if you can do that, the sky's the limit to where you can go this year. Hey, let me just remind you the resources we've mentioned here, the 48 day, 48 lower no cost business ideas, go to 48 days.com slash biz ideas. We've got the, the goals planning worksheets are out there. 48 days.com slash goals. You can go there. We've got the event coming up. God, we got the event coming up with Joanne and me where we're going to be uh, having fun walking through two days as an event. If you go to 48days.com slash lovin, L-O-V-I-N, you can see the details there. I'd love to have a couple of you couples join us for a fun time here at our place in Florida. Hey, thanks for listening, for sending your questions, for being open to growing and being a powerful force for making the world a better place, and for believing without a shadow of a doubt that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.